Hey, everybody, we are back with another episode of Can't Stop Snapping, the official podcast of MarvelSnapZone.com. We are one week removed from the latest patch in Marvel Snap. We had a big episode last week talking about all new things in the patch. And it's been a very interesting week, to say the least. I think uh, we talked about the changes uh, and our expectations, but now we've had some time to play around with it and kind of see where things in the meta are shaping up. And we're going to be talking about that today. Today, I am joined by a first-time guest, and that is Jay Hugs. Jay Hugs, thanks for being here. Hey, how's it going? Thanks for having me. Yeah, no problem. Uh, you know, you and me have been chatting a little bit over the last couple of days, and uh, glad that we could get you on so soon. Normally, when I reach out to somebody, it's like weeks before it seems like we can coordinate, but glad to, glad to have you on so quickly. Um, before we dive into our topics, I always like to give our first-time guests just a chance to introduce themselves to the listeners, just a little bit about you what you're about, uh, how, you know, your background with gaming, why you like Marvel Snap, uh, you know, just kind of the general intro. So I'll turn it over to you. All right, cool. Thanks for having me once again. So my name is Jay Hugs. Uh, I make Marvel Snap content over at YouTube. My channel is Jay Hugs Plays, also streaming on Twitch as well. Um, and I've played a, a bunch of different online card games. My first love is kind of Gwent. Um, you might hear me talk about Gwent a lot. Um, that's kind of really what started getting me into card games. And I played a bunch from there um, and then just really got into Marvel Snap since I am a, a Marvel fan. I'm a card game fan. And the two kind of just came together at the perfect time. And uh, yeah, I just kind of fell in love with Marvel Snap ever since. Yeah, I mean... Uh talk about ip power because i think a lot of us that got into marvel snap it's like okay I like card games yeah and a lot of people like marvel so it's just right. the perfect perfect uh, combination there so well awesome glad to have you on and uh, we've got several topics we want to talk about today so let's dive in um as always we like to break down the new cards uh in marvel snap each week on the podcast and honestly i I think I'm most excited about this conversation uh, for Kitty Pride than I have been for a lot of the last several cards, uh, because I think Kitty Pride is very uh, unique, and I'm just very sure. interested by by her ability and what it brings to the table. So I always like to set up a few parameters here just to kind of give the general information of like how does this card work. So Kitty Pride is a one cost zero power card with a text that reads. Uh, you can return this to your hand to gain plus two power. So this is not an on-reveal. It's not an ongoing. It's one of those, like, you can fulfill this action when the conditions are met. Um, and, you know, we've seen this text for a while, and we've kind of known this card is coming, but until people were able to really try it out and test out things, we haven't known a couple of things. So a couple of things to keep in mind. Uh, you can only use her ability to return her to your hand once each turn. To be able to use the ability, she does have to be in play, meaning you can uh, return her to your hand when she's in play and play her down again on a turn. But if she's, um, but you cannot play her and return her in the same turn, if that makes sense, right? So it's not like an endless loop of like, I play her, return her, play her, return her. And then in my turn, uh, if she's in play from the previous turn, you can pull her out of play. She gains two power and then you can uh, place her back on the board. Um so that can be a little confusing, but that's that's how we understand it working. Um, and then re returning to her to your hand, like using something like Beast, 
Falcon, Luke's bar, none of those trigger her uh, buff to power. You have to be removing her from the board intentionally. Those other cards don't buff her additionally. Um, so with kind of that, those simple kind of pieces of information being present, uh, I just want to turn it over to you first. What are your general impressions of this card? How does Kitty stand up against some of the other Series 5 cards we've had lately? Uh, I think Kitty Pride is probably the most interesting out of the more recent releases. Uh, you know, we got Master yeah. Mold and uh, Negasonic recently. Those are uh, very fun cards. Um, I don't have them myself personally, but they do look fun to play with. I have watched others, uh, other streamers and content creators play with them. And uh, Kitty Pride, I think, is definitely the most complex out of the newest releases uh, because its ability, like you said, it's something that you can kind of like, you got to ac activate it manually on your own. Uh, I guess the easiest comparison I could kind of make is like with a, like a Nightcrawler or Vision, you know, you got to click and drag it around to move it to a location. Kitty, Kitty Pride, you got to click and then, you know, drag it back to your hand for that plus two power. So uh yeah it's it's a very interesting card it seems it seems like a good card i'm not gonna say you know it, it's an amazing card or anything like that i think it might be too early to say for sure but it does seem like a, a solid card so far yeah i appreciate you kind of setting us up there i i think it's interesting because when i first thought through this and people started to do the math um well i guess i should just say the math as we understand it now basically if you do play her on turn one and then we're to uh, pull her and place her every turn for the remainder of the game, she would be 10 power. Right. And I think the, the immediate thought for maybe some of us is a one power or one cost 10 power card. That's OP, but she still costs one energy every time you play her. Correct. So you, if you played her on every turn of the game, it becomes a six cost 10 power card, right? So what she Hulk used to be, what America Chavez used to be, right? Um, so kind of that 610, uh, which is it's decent. And you kind of have that flexibility. Well, I guess we'll, we'll jump into the flexibility in a second. But when we kind of look at the numbers game, it's like, that's not that overpowered, right? Um, it's not the end of the world. Like, oh, wow, you can get so much power for no cost at all, right? Um, and it's important to note that like um, things like Sarah and other things that uh, reduce cost they have a, a floor of one, right? So you can't really make Kitty free to like play and just get free power every turn. Generally, Elysium obviously would work as a location, but generally like you are having to pay that cost, that that rate of like for one, every one energy, you get two power on the board, right? Yeah, and another thing to note is that she is a one cost card. So she is vulnerable to Killmonger. Yep. And it makes me wonder, like, are people starting to pull, start pulling out Electra? Probably not, but, you know, it's just, I, I like uh, having a reason to play Electra because she's got some cool variants and, uh, you know, Electra needs some more love. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I think a lot of the one drops could use a little more love because yeah. <laughs> where, where my brain was also going is that, uh, you know, we've been living in a Sunspot world, right? Sunspot, I think, exactly. for a while has been the best one cost card in the game. Uh, I think Kitty definitely is going to be up there in the highest tiers. I don't know. You know, we need more time, right? Kitty's been out a few hours at this point. Uh, we need to see more play. More people need to get this card until we can really determine that. But I definitely think this is going to, you know, come to the top of the barrel, um, which I think just reiterates that we need to bring the rest of those one cost cards up. I think ideally as time goes on. Um, but that being said, kind of one of the things that I think is the most powerful, if we look beyond like the 
the uh, cost to power ratio of Kitty Pride is the flexibility because you are not locked into keeping Kitty at one location, right? Um, I think with Sunspot, right? Sunspot's a powerful card, but it's kind of like, you know, in, unless you're doing some kind of move shenanigans, Sunspot's locked into that location, right? Uh, and you need to maybe put an armor there to protect it, right? Like there's other things. Kitty, you can kind of uh, juke your opponent out and move different locations on the board, right? Which I, I think is one of the most interesting and powerful parts of this card. Yeah, I, I really like that. Um, I, I think the key word is is flexibility because I think flexibility is a is a really strong thing in Marvel Snap. Uh, and I think that's why the Thanos deck was so dominant. I mean, yeah. uh, of course, Quinjet making the stones free, but Thanos decks are just, they're so flexible, right? They have so many tools uh, and utilities uh, with their reality stone, space stone, things like that. So Kitty Pride adding a little bit more flexibility to uh, to some decks, I think is, you know, uh, much welcome. Yeah. No, I, I think that's a, a good point. Um, let's talk... Let's talk synergy a little bit uh, with other cards. Uh, I think both of us have been watching a lot of streamers today, maybe just seeing, you know, this card in action. Um, I think Angela, I think, is the most obvious in my mind, right? Yeah. Because you can keep playing this and triggering Angela over and over again. Uh, if we go second from there, I think Bishop, right? Bishop, uh, you don't have to be at the same location, but you can trigger Bishop, you know, a couple extra times potentially, right? Um. And then last, kind of the most obvious, this kind of cards that get power from being, you know, played. I guess I guess this one's a little different, but the Collector. Um, mm-hmm. But interesting to note, I don't know if you caught this throughout the day, but Collector is not triggering when you put Kitty back into your hand, and that has been confirmed as a bug by the developers. Yes, I did see that, actually. Shout out, um, I believe it's Marvel Snap News at Marvel Snap Bugle that posts all the little uh, Discord tidbits from yeah. uh, Glenn Jones and the developers. So uh, shout out Marvel uh, Marvel Snap Bugle. Yeah, I was actually uh, uh, messaging with them earlier today. So uh, yeah, small world. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, we were talking about a couple things. So yeah, I-, I think that's interesting, which only makes this card better, right? Once they fix yeah. that bug. Uh, I think that synergy works. Um, but I, I'm curious, do you have you seen any other uh, maybe less obvious synergies or anything that comes to your mind uh, that works well with Kitty Pride? Um, not at the moment. I mean, it's still day one, like you said. She's only been out for like a few hours technically. So pretty much what I've seen a, a streamers player with is, is mainly just bounce decks at the moment. So uh, I don't think we've gotten too deep into the uh kind of deck building with her but uh, i'm excited to see what other people come up with yeah yeah um two that i'd like to call out uh that uh, i've seen and or you know i've found them over kind of on the Mar- marvel snap zone article that's kind of some deck ideas and some synergies are um one is with bast right um, oh that's right not, not not the biggest synergy but right you play bass on one then you start doing kitty every turn after that so it just kind of that extra energy so she can kind of fit into a bast deck right i don't know if that like those two cards together makes the deck you build around but if you're already doing stuff that works well with bast i think those cards could work together as a pair yeah Uh, well i think the uh like top tier bounce decks want to run bast anyway so i I think it makes sense yep 100 uh and then the other one i wanted to mention was valkyrie i think is interesting um 
and we'll maybe get into this a little bit more as we talk uh, tier list and current state of the meta a little bit later on. Uh, but I've definitely been seeing Valkyrie be played more uh, since the patch. And I've been playing Valkyrie more since the patch. And I think Kitty works with Valkyrie in the sense that, like, because you can kind of pick up Kitty and move to a different location, like, you could have a turn six where you Valk, and that's five cost, right? You can kind of lower the power a certain location on the board and then you could kitty there as well right after you've triggered valkyrie so kitty retains her power so that's kind of a good five one combo on turn six um that's a good point and another one now that uh you brought that up something that's coming to mind is actually a wave i believe uh correct me if i'm wrong but i believe people were saying that she she retains her her one cost effect uh throughout wave so you could technically play you know, wave on five and then kitty pride plus, you know, whatever else on turn six. Yeah. And that one, I'm curious because I think that may be a bug. I don't know if you've seen anything on that, but Uh, I've I've seen that there's something going on with wave. Like I've seen that discussion, but I don't know why her cost wouldn't increase because there's like obviously no text on her about her cost changing. If that makes sense. Uh, It's just the power increasing. Unless I'm missing something obvious that, that you know of no i think i think you're right i think it is a little bit like complicated i feel like there's you know things that should be a bug or are not a bug and things that aren't a bug should be so uh, i think we just need a little bit more clarification right now yeah so kind of an interesting uh hot mess i'm not saying that in a bad way but uh just kind of an interesting uh an interesting card for sure and and uh, we're going to have to move here on to our next topics, but one more thing I want to call out. Uh, we'll be talking about this next week in more depth, but our next season pass card is Hitmonkey, uh, which gains plus two power for each other card you play this turn. That's an on-reveal ability. So I think Kitty kind of works there a little bit, right? Yeah. Um, just Hitmonkey being a two-cost card, right? You want to be able to play Hitmonkey with as many cards as possible like on a later turn of the game, so... Kitty, something you could be kind of stacking up power, and then you throw down a powerful hit monkey and a kitty on the last turn of the game, right? Uh, potentially works with that bounce synergy we kind of talked about as well, right? Yeah, I think uh, it would go well with bounce or uh, Sarah decks as well. Yeah. So, something to keep in mind, I guess, if you're considering buying Kitty Pride, if you've got the tokens and you're a season pass buyer, then obviously you're going to have another season pass card next week. Maybe you could plan a synergy with these two cards uh, in the coming week. So, Okay, uh, appreciate that. We will move on to our next topic here, which is location. Um, I'm getting a little thrown off because now we don't have a new location every week, right? We've made that change maybe three or four weeks ago. Um, and so now I'm losing track of like, which weeks do we have a new location? Which ones do we not? Uh, because it used to be, we talked about it every week on the podcast, but now I have to like double check before we get on here and record, which was the case today. Um, so this is Krakow. Uh, which reads, on turn five, takes over and plays both players' cards for them. So this is Ego, this is Agatha Harkness, but it's locked into turn five. Um, I have my thoughts, but what are your thoughts on this location? Um, <laughs> I don't know. I'm, I'm kind of mixed. Um, I guess one part of me kind of wants to wants to embrace the chaos, wants to embrace the RNG yep. a little bit. But then I, I think, I think I'm leading more, more onto the side of I'm not really a fan of the randomness. Um, I guess it's it's only on turn five then though, right? It's not it's not turn yep. six. Yep. Um, 
Well, turn I, five. I for, turn five can be pretty critical, right? Yeah, it is a pretty big turn. I mean, maybe maybe you build your deck in a way to where you, I don't know, maybe you just play play something on turn four to kind of set it up to where turn five just it, it tries to make the most optimal play for you. I'm not sure. I don't know. I'm gonna have to play yeah. it for myself and really see how it is. Wave on four. Yeah, that's what I was highest, gonna say. Wave. Your highest power cards are yeah. only four costs can be played on five, right? Um, I mean, you could look at kind of like an Agatha shell, right? You're trying to do some things to make some optimal plays in certain ways, kind of lock yourself in. It's it's a little harder because it's really only for one turn. So it really depends on how you play the whole first four turns of the game, right? Mm-hmm. And what, what's left in your hand. Um, I will say, you know, part of my brain is like you. I like to, I, I'm like, I want to make the best of this and be positive. I want to embrace the chaos. Yeah. The other part of me says, uh, I'm at rank. 97 and i really want to get those last three ranks over the next few days as this is the end of the season and i don't know if i'm going to be playing much over the next 24 hours um because i don't want to be losing games to this now that's not i'm not trying to be a poor sport i don't think like this is guaranteed to lose me games right um but definitely like where i'm kind of in the thick of the the ending of my climb this season i I'm nervous about this location, right? Uh, it takes away my agency uh, and my ability to make intelligent decisions, right? Um, so I don't know. Uh, I think this is an interesting one. You know, I saw people kind of, when this first uh, was data mined, you know, maybe a month or so ago as an upcoming location. Yeah. Uh, I saw some uproars on Twitter, which, you know, that's that's what Twitter is. It's a place of yes, uproars, right? Yeah, I saw right? that as well. <laughs> uh, everybody's like, no, not not more of this right um yeah meanwhile i'm in the corner i'm just kind of i'm just kind of watching the the drama i'm just kind of (laughs) chilling yeah no and and that's fair but uh yeah i think um i think it's hard Uh, you know we talk about this so often on the podcast it's hard to like have a a location that's going to please everyone we did reduce the amount of featured locations from 48 hours to 24 hours right so um i think that is i think that will make this less bad if that makes sense. Um, we only have to endure it, you know, one day. Uh, so you can kind of get in there, enjoy the chaos a little bit, have some fun, but you're not locked in this for two full days. Right. Yeah. I, I think you brought up a good point as well as to uh, people who are still climbing, who may not have reached infinite rank or whatever rank they're trying to achieve for that season. Um, I, I've definitely felt that before where I haven't hit infinite rank. And then one of the more, I guess I'll say like polarizing locations pops up where you really have to like alter your deck for for one or two days. Um, whereas some other locations, uh, say maybe like Camp Lehigh, for example, the ones that adds a random three cost card to your hand, yep. that one's a little bit more tame. You can yep. kind of just ignore it. Like maybe you can lean into it, play like Silver Server or something, but you know you don't have to necessarily build your deck around it. Yeah, and I think that's that's the locations we all tend to be more okay with, right? It's it does something. It's not like completely like negligible right like it's not like essentially having runes as a featured location which we've never had right but like it doesn't do nothing but it doesn't like completely shift the game balance right uh somewhere in the middle is i think where most people feel happy um but yeah i I think they're still kind of figuring out they're taking feedback on locations featured locations they've shortened the time uh there's weeks where we don't even have a new location right uh so i think they're definitely playing with this and trying to make it uh, a more wholesome, enjoyable experience for everyone. Balance it out a little bit. So 
if we only have to deal with a one crazy location being featured one time a month for one day, you know, the reality is it's not the end of the world. Yeah, um, then I'm okay with it. Yeah, and it's better than what do we have? January, we had like four locations in a row that was like Lamentous and like all these like oh, crazy man. locations four weeks in a row. Yeah, and the, they were all 48 hours. Times. <laughs> yeah, uh, those are wild times. So we've definitely seen a change here. But um, yeah, we'll, we'll have to see how the next 24 hours shape up and how, how everybody's feeling uh, come two days from now. So uh, with that being said, we are going to jump quickly over to a ad break from our sponsor. Hey all, I wanted to take a quick moment to talk to you about MarvelSnapZone.com. Marvel Snap Zone is a one-stop shop for everything Marvel Snap on the internet. They have new articles nearly every day that cover deck building, strategy, card breakdowns, etc. They have a great collection tracker tool and a decklist builder that works off of that collection tracker so that you can know what decks you can build with your current card collection. They have guides and decklists for all level of players and all collection level of players. Make sure to go to marvelsnapzone.com and check it out now. Okay, we will jump back in here to our next topic and I made our faces disappear. I will bring that back in. And this is a big topic. I think um, uh, we we just kind of had a big patch a week ago. Um, there's been a lot of discussion online. I'm curious to hear what the discussion you've seen, what's been in your, you know, in your comment uh, lists or comment threads and in your, you know, your Twitch chat, things like that, how people are feeling about the meta um, with the latest changes. So this is the, the most recent Marvel Snap meta tier list released by MarvelSnapZone.com. Uh, they use their tracker tool where people input a lot of data as well as, you know, uh, kind of observing the meta uh, online. They use a lot of different factors to kind of pull this together and metrics uh, on a weekly basis normally of kind of where decks are in, in this tier list. And we basically what we see is that a lot of things, uh, according to this data, have kind of stayed similar at the top. Uh, and then a lot of things have come up that weren't, you know, before on the list or they were lower on the list. And then we see a couple of things that have gone down, uh, specifically the Thanos decks going down. Obviously still being present on the list, uh, but uh, lower than they previously were. Uh, so seeing that Shuri Zero at the top still. Um, so just kind of want to have this as a visual aid, uh, and we'll kind of talk through this. But I want to kind of talk to this, but also talk to our specific experience, you and me, what we've seen in our own playing over the last week, and how we're feeling about it. So I will first turn it to you. What have been your general impressions of how the meta has changed or not changed in some ways since the patch last week? So I think the meta has changed in the sense that Danos is still a solid deck, but it's no longer the broken tier zero deck that it was before. Churi yeah. um, is definitely still the strongest deck at the moment. Well, I guess previously it was Thanos was the top deck and then Shuri was yep. right behind it, right? But now I think it's Shuri's the top deck and I would say Thanos is still... I, personally, I would still consider Thanos like tier one, maybe tier two, depending on like what version of Thanos you're running. Yeah. Um, I definitely have not ran into that much Thanos lately. 
Um, and I haven't been running into that much Shuri either, but I think I, th- I think the reason for that is because it's actually towards the end of the season now, and people who pr- were probably try-harding to try and reach infinite probably already reached infinite, and they're like, okay, now I'm going to play, you know, off-meta decks or fun decks or whatever. So uh, I-, I think, you know, if it was the beginning of the season, we would still be seeing a lot of uh, uh, Shuri Zero and Thanos. Yeah, I think that's an interesting, um, thoughtful take because um, we have to take into account factors like that, right? Where are we? We've got like five days left in the season. Uh, You know, I I would assume, you know, a lot of people have made infinite already. And then there's going to be obviously some more in the last few days. uh, But obviously there's a lot of people that made infinite, you know, the first two weeks of the season, right? At least content creators or people that kind of that's something they aim for early in the season. so that obviously does impact this. And my experience has been similar to yours. Uh, I still see Shuri decks. I definitely see them more than Thanos decks, but I still see Thanos decks. But now it's not like I'm playing and I go, Shuri, Shuri, Thanos, 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 Shuri, 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 Thanos, Thanos, right? That was what it was uh, until the patch. It was really just back and forth, back and forth, and occasionally something else, sometimes a bot every once in a while that you know was a, a, uh, a breath of fresh air, uh, I was like, wow, I can get I can get eight cubes because this, yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, this is so bad compared to what everybody else is playing. But um, I have seen a lot of other decks kind of see more play. I've seen a lot more Zabu, uh, which I you know I I should say Zabu Darkhawk or things with Darkhawk. I've seen a lot more. Yeah. Um, and I have seen uh, definitely more Silver Surfer. Silver Surfer had kind of disappeared after it was nerfed, and then obviously Shuri and Thanos kind of rose to dominance. But I have seen some Silver Surfer, and I've been been playing some Silver Surfer. Um, And so I guess my my, uh, general impression is I've had more fun, personally, in the last week than I was having previously, uh, just because I've been able to play more varieties of decks and still feel like I can climb and progress. Would you say you're feeling similarly? Like, has your overall enjoyment increased since the patch or kind of stayed the same? Yeah, I would I would say the overall enjoyment has increased. Um, something I, I forgot to mention that I need to mention is uh, the arrow nerf, right? I mean, that was huge. Oh, arrow yeah. was in almost every single deck. <laughs> and now I feel like I, I rarely see her. Um I, I gotta be honest, I'm kinda liking it. I'm kinda liking it. Like losing to Arrow was was really frustrating sometimes. Like it's just like, okay, my opponent is winning two out of three locations by turn six. Okay, do they have the arrow? If yes, I lose. If no, I win. So I wasn't really a fan of that kind of like like binary playstyle, right? Do they have the arrow or not? Um yeah. so I will say that that is a welcome change. Maybe some people might disagree with me. I know a lot of people loved Arrow and um she was uh, sort of a necessary evil in, in a way. I think she held Galactus decks in check a lot. I've been seeing more Galactus, and that could be due to the fact that there's less arrow running around in the meta. Um, so I, I guess there's pros and cons to it. But overall, I would say I'm, I'm, uh, I'm enjoying it more than, uh, than pre-patch. That's what I would say. Yeah. Well, yeah. Um, great, great call out on the part of um, Arrow because definitely have seen arrow a little bit right it's not completely mm-hmm. gone it's not like uh um leader level right because when leader yeah. was nerfed where it kind of was similar right it was like does my opponent have leader if yes they win right mm-hmm. um and leader got nerfed into like fz tier you know like uh yeah he's he's it, dead <laughs> uh, he's unplayable 
Uh, I still have seen people use Arrow, and I maybe have lost maybe one game uh, to Arrow, right? Where they just, it just, I played in the right order where they were able to pull the card I needed to be one location to another. But more often than not, as I played against Arrow, maybe it disrupts me, but it hasn't lost me the game. Like I'm able to still adjust if it's played on turn five, for example, or even sometimes when it's played on turn six. Uh, I've just played my cards in a way to still win the game, right? Um, so, uh, yeah, I've enjoyed that. Um, uh, as far as I want to dive into a little bit of like what decks we've both been playing over the last week. Um, so I'll, I'll kind of go first there. Uh, so I've climbed, since the patch, I climbed from 70 to 97 uh, in the last week. And I've been doing that with um, a Silver Surfer deck, uh, a Silver Surfer um you know, Silver Surfer, Sarah, and kind of a disruption with like uh, uh, Killmonger, Storm, Juggernaut. the Storm, Juggernaut. Yep. Okay. So kind of kind of that classic build that used to see a lot of play back in the day. Uh, I've been really enjoying that. Um, and then I've been playing like a Bast, Mister Negative, uh, Magic, Sarah. Right, kind of your Sarah, uh, Sarah Miracle. Uh, you know, kind of classic build there iron man mystique all those fun things right just kind of surprising the last turn player the opponent doesn't know what i can play fully right because they don't know what cards i've inverted right um and then i've been playing a little bit of um galactus uh just a couple different builds of galactus like you say i i galactus is doing a little bit better i mean still people throw out that cosmo or throw out something to disrupt and it's you know if you don't draw the right cards it's not the most optimal that but I've been able to win some cubes with that kind of a build. So I've enjoyed being able to kind of switch between more decks and try things that I haven't played in a while. So that's been a lot of fun for me, but uh, curious to what decks you've been playing in the last week. Uh, well, I guess let me start with the beginning of the season. The beginning of the season, I started off with a Sarah Darkhawk deck and that's what I took to infinite rank. And then uh, after I hit infinite rank, I've just kind of been experimenting with all different kinds of decks. Um, Let's see, recently I was playing with Doomwave. I was trying that out for a little bit. That's pretty fun. Uh, I was trying a Sauron deck since I unlocked Sauron recently. That's pretty fun as well. And then uh, I was trying a, a Orca deck, actually, an Orca ongoing. It's uh, it's not, you know, it's not the, the greatest, <laughs> but it's uh, it's fun. It's fun for sure. Yeah, well, now you've piqued my interest. Um, walk me through a little <laughs> bit. Like, what, is, what does the Orca deck look like? Uh, it has, uh, I could actually bring it up real quick. Uh, I made a video on it recently. Um, basically just has like a bunch of ongoing cards. We got like Ant-Man, uh, Nightcrawler, just cause Nightcrawler is kind of flexible to move around a little bit. And then Colossus armor, uh, Lizard, Fantastic Cosmo, Namor, Claw, Sandman, Spectrum, Orca. Gotcha. So that's kind of how I envision. Like I've thought like I have Orca too, right? And like, what is it? What would an Orca deck look like? I would imagine mm -hmm. if you're wanting to play Orca, it's kind of like the, I don't have Spectrum, but I've done enough to secure one location and I can kind of win that other location with Orca ideally. Is that kind of the the thought process there? Yeah, the, the kind of goal of my deck is just trying to be like, trying to contest like all three locations with like, uh, you know, Mr. Fantastic and Claw and 
Nightcrawler. Oh, yeah. And then, uh, and then, yeah, we can feed extra power into the Orca lane or the Namor lane uh, with the Claw. So that's really nice. And then we can, uh, for a finisher, we have Spectrum. We can go wide. We got Orca just to slam a big body on the board. And then uh, the Sandman, I've actually kind of been liking uh, lately, you know, really good counter against Sarah decks and just uh, decks I like to just, you know, vomit cards on the last turn of the game. So uh, it's, it's a decent deck. Yeah. Yeah, well, I mean, it's like if you've kind of locked up one location, you got your Ant-Man triggered, right? Uh, so you got a powerful location, then you have uh, maybe one other card, then you throw down Sandman at the location and throw down Sarah, right? Like, that potentially could be enough power to win that location, I imagine, right? Yeah, yeah maybe maybe I'm evil, but, like, <laughs> I get the satisfaction of when someone drops a Sarah on turn five, and I drop a Sandman, and I see that your opponent retreated, oh, man, it's just, it's the best feeling. <laughs> It's a great feeling when you're on the Sandman <laughs> side of that, and yeah. it's a less good feeling when you're on the the Sarah side of that for sure. Um, yeah, I have been uh, I've been on both ends of that, and uh, definitely one I would recommend more than the other. Um, well, awesome! Thanks, thanks for sharing that. Um, no problem. I I think that um, well, I guess not that I think. My question to you is, um, do you think your this is obviously you know um your opinion i want to make that clear right so like i was trying to make that clear to listeners right well we're not mm. speaking uh the gospel no. or you know what is absolute yes. truth. actually actually we are everything we are saying is 100 percent true we are you know undisputed um nothing is incorrect no I'm yeah kidding. go ahead go ahead i'm sorry <laughs> yeah that's what my kids think you know but uh no uh <laughs> so this is your opinion but do you think the patch did enough to make a more healthy meta. I think we've been kind of living in an unhealthy meta in some ways, at least that's what I would call it, you know, with the Thanos and Shuri being so dominant. You think this has yeah. done enough to balance it out and bring enough decks up to make a, a healthy meta kind of at different levels of the game? Um, So I would say it's healthier than it was before because I, I really feel like Thanos was just... um, Although it wasn't like... As linear as a deck as Shuri, Shuri is a very linear deck. I think yeah. Thanos was a little bit more complex. There was multiple play lines you could take, but it was just a, such a strong and flexible deck that it was. It really was an unhealthy meta. I think where we're at now is a step in the dire- uh, right direction. I wouldn't say it's you know com- completely where I would like it to be. And I think a big part of that is because there were no buffs in the recent patch. I was. Uh, one of what I'm assuming is many people who were, uh, you know, assuming that there would be some buffs to yeah. some of the lesser played cards. And I think that, I, I think that makes things more exciting because it's like, Oh, I can't wait to try out this, this new card that just got buffed. Right. You know, I, I think we're seeing, uh, some more spider woman, spider woman's getting some love. And then, uh, you know, I'm playing with Namor, which those cards got buffed uh, a couple patches ago. So, uh, yeah, it's, it's a step in the right direction. It's better than it was before, but I'm not completely satisfied with you, to be honest. Yeah, uh, I would have to echo that and say I, I feel very similar to you. I think this is a great step, a big step in the right direction. I think uh, everything feels a little more clean, a little more balanced. I think my enjoyment of the game has increased since the patch, which is a good sign for me. Uh, and I've seen a lot of a lot of positivity out there. I've seen a lot of people say, you know, not enough. I'm still seeing Shuri too much, right? So there still is some of that. Um, and I agree with you. I think the biggest thing for me missing is, okay, Shuri is less powerful, still powerful. So if you don't want to nerf that into the ground, bring other things up, right? Uh, yeah. That's 
you know, that's my opinion. I'm not a game developer, right? But I would love to see that. And we talked about this a little bit last week, but we have seen comments from the developers on, on Discord, on Twitter over the last week, basically saying like, we do have plans for several cards to be buffed, right? We don't know when that next patch is coming and if they're in the next patch or the next, next patch. But it sounds like if this patch was to handle bringing down the most powerful things and balancing out some things, potentially the next patch is going to be that one where we do the opposite side where we bring everything else a little bit higher, which potentially could create, you know, one of the most, uh, what I would imagine is one of the most fun and kind of balanced metas we've had since the game released. Yeah. Yeah. I definitely would like to see some buffs in the, uh, the next patch. And, uh, you know, I want to say one card I'm kind of surprised. I don't know if you feel the same kind of surprised that did not get nerfed was leech. And I know they, yeah, <laughs> it's, it's, you know, it's a hot topic. It's a hot topic. I know. Um, yeah. but I, what I'll say real quick is, uh, I think what I saw was, uh, one of their explanations from a uh, Glenn Jones of a uh, second dinner was saying that it was really the Thanos deck that was just playing leech. So once they nerfed the Thanos deck, it kind of like indirectly nerfed leech. And I kind of agree with that, but kind of not really, like, uh, there was a recent tournament, I think it was a Korean tournament, where the winner played a movement deck and a Patriot deck. And guess what? Both decks had Leech. <laughs> Both decks had Leech, and he was, uh, and, and he won the tournament. I mean, not to, uh, you know, diminish that player's uh, skills or anything like that. I'm sure they're a yep. skilled player. But I, I still think Leech is just a, a really, really strong card. You know, you still see it in some of those uh, kind of good cards deck lists, or you might see it in a ramp deck. You might see it in a lockjaw yep. deck. So, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm kind of surprised that there was no Leech nerf. But, uh, yeah, I'd like to hear your thoughts on it. Yeah. Oh, where to start? No. Um, <laughs> so, obviously, I'll preface this by saying, um, obviously, Second Dinner has data. And they can vary, they can slice that data in many different ways, right? They talked a little bit about this, um, but like they can see, okay, this this card is seeing a lot of play, but then what are the surrounding cards around that card that it's seeing a lot of play with, right? So they can say leeches plays up, but it's only in these builds with Thanos, right? So I can yeah. see how they can make some correlation with data. So totally, you know, they have the data, we don't have the data. Totally see that. Um, that being said couple of things. I've seen less Leech play overall in the last week, in my personal experience. Other than when Elysium was a featured location over the weekend. Uh, because yeah, then turn four, every- Leech. <laughs> yes. Um, that was a stressful day for me, right? Because I, I'm in the 90s, and I'm trying to climb, and I was going a little up, a little down. And every time I was coming down, it was almost always Leech, right? Because I was in a really good position. And then leech, 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 right? Like like four or five games in a row, I'd like leech would come out, right? Um, and so I was like, oh, like leech, like I'm gonna go crazy, right? But yeah, then I, the thing is, uh, no, sorry, go ahead, finish your thought. <laughs> no, I was just gonna say. So I was feeling so stressed Sunday, and then here we are, about 48 hours removed from that, and like I haven't seen as much leech again, right? Yeah. Um, so I guess maybe I need more time to to tell, more time to heal you know, from my <laughs> wounds. Uh, but I, I don't know. I, I, I'm i with you. I, I expect it to be something done to Leech. But maybe it's one of those things where they wanted, you know, not to change too many things all at once. Let's see how Leech is, you know, played or not played after this patch, and then they can make adjustments in the future. 
Yeah. Uh, I, what I was going to say was I think something to bring up, and uh, maybe maybe this might sound silly, but I think you got to like kind of incorporate like the fun factor, right? Like there is all the, the data and the numbers behind it. But you also got to remember, like at the end of the day, like it's it's a it's a fun game. It's a card game with, you know, Marvel superheroes. We're supposed to be having yeah. fun at the end of the day. And Leech is just not fun. It's just like, hey, you built a deck. You want to play your cards? Nope. Sorry, nope. you can't do that. Like, I don't know if anyone gets excited when they see a Leech or they play a Leech. Like, oh, man, it's that green guy. I'm so happy. <laughs> like, I have not heard anyone say that, you know. Yeah, and uh, yeah, especially where it's like I've been playing uh, at the you know Sunday I was playing a lot of uh, negative and uh, Mister Negative things with like Iron Man things with like zero power. So the cards that didn't yeah. get inverted, then it's just like great. I have this five cost zero power card that does nothing to play down on my last turn, right? Uh, yeah, very very disheartening. And they've spoken to that a little bit. Uh, this conversation also came up with Galactus in the past mm-hmm. that they were kind of monitoring that fun factor. Obviously, all they did was lower Galactus's power by one, right? Uh, and Galactus has seen, I think, Galactus hasn't ever grown to the level of like play as Thanos or Shuri have breached, right? Um, but uh, they they do kind of, I think, take that into account. But I, I would, if they were weighting the the factors, I'm guessing that's like a maybe a 10, 15 percent weight, right? Definitely on the lower side than what they're weighing as far as the, the hard numbers, if you will, of like the play rate and the win rate and the cube rate and all these things, I would imagine they're taking kind of those as a bigger impact than they are the fun rate. But my hope is, is that, that uh, if it continues to be a problem, which again, maybe we need a little bit more time to see if Leech is truly going to be a, a, an ongoing problem in our everyday play uh, that they will take that into account and they will make a, a change if necessary. Right. Yeah. I think that's fair. Yeah. Yeah, I get a little uh, get a little emotional every time I have to talk about Leech, but uh, no, I'm just <laughs> um, yeah, I feel like we're always talking about Leech, um, but it's a uh, it's a good it's a good ongoing conversation, and, and I think uh, hopefully we're in a better spot than we were. Um, we are running low on time, but I do want to talk briefly with you. We've only got a few minutes left uh, in kind of our time to record here, but the last topic I was hoping we could cover is. Uh, bundles coming in April. Again, we got this chart on the screen. If you're watching this on YouTube or on Spotify, you're watching the video version, you can see this. We're not going to like break down or like cover all this data extensively. If you want to kind of know the full breakdown of bundles or see the chart we're referencing, it's on marvelsnapzone.com. But I kind of wanted to look at this, not just to be like, okay, this bundles this, this bundles this, Uh, but we kind of do a brief overview here, but I kind of wanted to get your take as the guest here of like, what's your general feeling and impression currently with the state of the economy with bundles with uh you know how you're able to spend real money and or in-game currency to obtain other in-game currencies etc to kind of progress through the game obviously from your own personal experience but what you're hearing from your viewers from other people in the community etc so we have a kind of a slew of different bundles coming april we have kind of our high one our throg one you get your your frog thor where it's like it's 7,000 gold. You get it's that high cost, but you get uh, you know, 3,000 collector's tokens, 7,000 credits. So it's kind of that like you get a bunch of stuff to progress in the game, right? And then we've got other things that are smaller, more cosmetic, like uh, the Avengers. Uh, $5, you're going to get three animal variants of different Avengers, uh, right? So that doesn't really help you progress in the game. It's kind of totally cosmetic-based. And then we have stuff in the middle, 
we've got the Dan Hit Bundle, 2,900 gold for 2,000 credits and two Dan Hit variants. Uh, and then we've got things like our Token Tuesday bundles, etc. So um, we have a mix of a lot of different things. And obviously, Second Dinner keeps saying, you know, we're, we're playing around with the numbers. We're trying different things. We're seeing what works, what doesn't work. Um, but what's been your take? What's your impression? How do you feel about what they're doing? What, what are you hearing from your community as far as how are people engaging with these things and how are they feeling about the different price points? Uh, I think how I've been feeling and some people in my community have been feeling is that uh, I think the, the token Tuesdays have been pretty successful lately. Yep. Um, but recently those daily bundles, I've been seeing that, you know, people are not really a huge fan of those uh, the daily bundles. I think the, the one yesterday, I think it was like $5 for 625 credits. Right. And then, uh, the one today, I don't remember the top of my head, but it was $10. $10. Um, yeah. yeah. And I think people have been kind of upset about that because they've been comparing it to, uh, previous bundles. Like we had the, uh, the Jubilee, like new yeah. year bundle. It was like $5 and it was a really good value. Like, um, you know, and I think they're, frustration is is uh, totally justified because like uh yeah with that bundle the jubilee one i don't even play jubilee but i just bought it because it was really good value um and as far as these upcoming bundles um i don't know some of them are, are kind of expensive for me like i me personally i don't consider myself a whale uh i consider myself a, a, a dolphin i guess i'm a you know I, I spend a little bit but not a lot i don't i'm not buying every single bundle every single thing um, but the, the all Avengers ones, you know, I, I'm a sucker for animals. I might have to get that one. Uh, yeah. but some of the other more expensive ones, I don't know if I'll be picking up like the, the Throg one, uh, the Dan hip one. I am a big fan of Dan hip, but, uh, some of those are, are kind of too expensive in my opinion, at least for me personally and the economy as a whole. Um, I, I think the biggest problem I still have is just acquiring new cards because yeah. like today, for example, um, Kitty Pride just released and, you know, I, I don't have enough tokens for her. <laughs> like I'm still missing um, a bunch of Series 4, Series 5 cards. I am Series 3 complete and I'm around, I think, like a little bit over 4,000 collection level. But I, I've heard other people say this as well. And it's just that oh, it's, it's kind of crazy how like Marvel Snap is like the first card game I've played where I'm not excited for the new cards because coming from other previous card games, you know, the new cards are, are fairly accessible uh, yep. to purchase or get from packs or whatever, uh, whatever it may be. But, you know, whenever there's a new card in Marvel snap, it's just like, Oh, like can't wait to play that in a, uh, you know, three, four months, whatever. So um, that, that's kind of how I'm feeling. And I think I've been seeing uh, some, some similar, opinions within my community and then just on twitter and, and youtube comments and uh, and whatnot yeah uh we're just about out of time i just want to kind of close a couple threads and some things you, you you've said and share some of my thoughts saw an interesting take from fellow uh content creator blade on twitter shout out to blade if you're listening um he's been on the on the podcast before um basically you know when it boils down to it, like this is a mobile game. We know mobile games do bundles. They do multiple currencies that you can exchange real money for to get a currency that gets other currency, right? They make these complex systems to make money, right? Mm -hmm. uh, in a lot of ways. And so he basically said like, you know, people are comparing it to like the Jubilee bundle, which was one of the, maybe the best value bundles we've seen. 
and saying like, if you're setting yourself up to imagine that every bundle is going to have that same value, you're setting yourself up for disappointment. And he's not saying that of like, hey, we shouldn't not want better or like you want to get the best value as a consumer. But just that you shouldn't uh, like expect everyone because the reality is like, that's not how any mobile game generally is, right? Um, so I thought that was an interesting take, right? Uh, just like some bundles are going to be better values than others. And that's just how mobile gaming is today for better or for worse. Uh, and then the other thought on the collecting the cards, I think that still is kind of the biggest piece uh, is that we need more iteration there. I think more people need to be able to get more cards sooner in series four and five. They changed, you know, people that are in series three that they can get more tokens, which is great. But I still think we need to see future iteration there. So um, we are just about out of time, but I did want to give you a chance uh, just to give our listeners a shout out of where they can find you, uh, where your content is again, and, you know, what are your ats and how they can best support your content. Yeah, once again, thanks for having me. And uh, if you're watching the video, you can see my daughter in the background here. She decided to uh, to join us. Totally um, understand. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, uh, once again, my name is Jay Hooks. Thanks again for having me. Um, you can find me over on YouTube at uh, Jay Hooks Plays uh, on Twitch, twitch.tv slash Jay Hooks. And then uh, Twitter uh, underscore is at underscore Jay Hooks. Yeah. So um, yeah, that's that's about it. Once again, thank you for having me. Really appreciate it. No, Jay Hugs, really appreciate having you. Hopefully someday we can have you back on again. And listeners, as always, we want to thank you for listening. If you are watching this on YouTube, on the Marvel Snaps on YouTube, make sure to subscribe to the YouTube channel as well as leave a like and a comment to help us reach more exposure on YouTube. And if you are listening to this on a podcasting platform, we ask that you leave uh, a rating and you follow the podcast because those metrics definitely help us to reach more and more listeners each week. With all that being said, we will catch you in the next episode. Can't Stop Snapping is a podcast written, recorded, produced, and hosted by Michael Thurman. Thanks for listening. Thank you.